You know, we uh, approach this week with an attitude of thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, I, I think about what's going on in spite of rumors of terrorism and uh, loss and injury, maybe cranky attitudes or whatever that just makes you mad. So I know there's a few people right now that might be sulking over a certain loss. I don't know. I got four, I got four words for you. Stay off social media. Okay, just stay away from it. You're going to be in a bad mood, okay? It never makes you feel better, okay? But in spite of all that, let me say this. In spite of all that, you have a lot to be thankful for. Amen? Uh, you know, like I said, the, the, the trees this morning, um, just looking at that, it was just so beautiful. And uh, I always think about this time because it's holidays, and so, you know, uh, we'll go visit uh, my mom and family. We'll sit around the Thanksgiving table and, and different times, and... and uh, if you're like us, whenever you get with family or different people at a holiday and you're sitting there, you start those sentences with this. Do you remember when? Do you all do that? Do you remember when? Oh, yeah. And we all start laughing. Oh, oh, oh. and it's like you're just, you're just elbowing each other and you're laughing and you're rolling. And, uh, and it's, it's really fun, right? And then there's also those remember when, the stories that remind us that God is good. You know, there's those funny ones, but there's those like, man, do you remember when that happened? God is good. And I was thinking it was a year ago, and I didn't know this till a year ago, um, something that took place over 35 years ago. I can't remember what grade I was in. I broke my foot. Uh, I was in a cast. It was in elementary school. And I remember waking up. There's a lot of screaming going on downstairs. And I heard an ambulance and went downstairs. And my brother was laying in the garage, and his, his leg was all covered up, and they were taken him and it was just a rotten farming accident. And what had happened um, was that in the barn, we have these augers, and if somebody like, I have no clue what you're talking about, just, just roll with me, okay, some of you do, but the auger from the silo where the, um, we stored all the food, the silage and, and corn and other things that we had, uh, in this particular silo, we had silage for our cattle. So it would come out and the auger would take it all the way down long chute to feed all the cattle and as it came out these augers were pretty powerful and they're sharp you know they're twisting um, what had happened was my brother his pant leg got caught in the auger and pulled him in and when he when it pulled him in he fell and he hit the off button it stopped it um, and my dad came running and he was all the way down at the other end of the cattle lot and came running down and, and pulled him out and got him and he had a, you know, his leg got a little messed up, but they were able to fix it, repair it, and he's okay. But the amazing thing is, we, we were talking about, said, you remember when, we always talk about that story, but my dad last year said, what you didn't know was that the day before that happened, I was out in the barn doing chores, and I was looking at that auger, and, and the button was way over here, and I thought about, why is the switch over there? So that day, he switched the power button right above the auger. That was the day before the accident. The very next day when he went in, boom, hit this. We were thinking, wow, God is good. That was a remember when story, like, remember how good God is? And we have those kind of stories that makes us step back and say, God is good. Open up your Bibles with me to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms, Old Testament right in the middle. Psalms chapter 78. And in Psalm 78, the writer of Psalm 78, his name is Asaph, and he is retelling a few history lessons here. He 
He says, in the process of teaching and challenging people to remember God and praise God, it was one of those, Asaph was like, do you remember when? Do you remember when God is so good? So that's sort of what's happening here. And I want you to read with me just a few verses. We're going to look at verse 10 and 11. He said this, they did not keep God's covenant. They refused to live by his instructions. They forgot what God had done, the great wonders he had shown them, the miracles he did for their ancestors on the plain of Zon in the land of Egypt. The author reminded them, hey, God is good. And, and all that God has done is good. He is full of mercy and grace. And they weren't remembering. So it's sort of like he's kicking back at the table with his pencil. Let's all remember when. Let's read on. Verse 13. He divided the sea and led them through, making the water stand up like walls. In the daytime, he led them by a cloud, and at night by a pillar of fire. He split open the rocks in the wilderness to give them water as from a gushing spring. He made streams pour from the rock, making the waters flow down like a river. Yet they kept on sinning against God, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. They stubbornly tested God in their hearts, demanding the foods they craved. They even spoke against God himself, saying, God can't give us food in the wilderness. Yes, he can strike a water, so water, a rock, so water gushes out, but he can't give his people bread and meat. When the Lord heard them, he was furious. The fire of his wrath burned against Jacob. Yes, his anger rose against Israel, verse 22. For they did not believe God or trust to care for them. People were rebellious. They had forgotten. They didn't, they didn't have those stories. Hey, remember when? They weren't talking about that. They forgot about God. Look at verse 23. But he, God, commanded the skies to open. He opened the doors of heaven. He rained down manna for them to eat. He gave them bread from heaven. Look at verse 25. They ate the food of angels. God gave them all they could hold. Let me hear you say God is generous. In all of that, they forgot about God. But God's like, oh, my anger right now. But you know what? I'm just going to open up the heavens, and you're going to eat what the angels eat. I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to fill you up. And you see what it, how it ended there in verse 25? God gave them all they could hold. It wasn't like, oh, thanks, that's enough. No, no I'm going to give you more. You're not going to be able to hold anything beyond this. He filled them up. It's abundant love. It's grace. God showed them grace when he didn't have to. And we've been talking about God's Spirit coming alongside us and his Holy Spirit to guide us, to comfort us, to strengthen us, to teach us. Why? So that we can do the same to others. God's Spirit comes with us so he can go with us to minister to others. He's our greatest friend, our greatest teammate. He is our God who empowers us to walk alongside them. And when I think about this, God being a generous God, it wasn't just in that story. It didn't stop there. You can start reading all through scripture about how our God is generous. First John 3, 1 John 3.1 says this. I'm just going to throw a bunch of verses your way now. God just doesn't love us. He lavishes us with love. In 1 John 3, 1, it says, See what great love the Father has that he's lavished upon us that we should be called the children of God. 
Another verse, James 1.5, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God who will give it to you. He won't rebuke you for asking. 1 Timothy 1.14, oh, how generous and gracious is our God. He filled me with faith and love that comes from Christ Jesus. God's love through Jesus Christ, his spirit in us. Because our God is a very generous God and his spirit is within us, we too are empowered to be generous, to be giving. You think about this, when Jesus told stories throughout the New Testament, just read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. See how Jesus worked with people. When he taught, when he healed, when he told stories, what did he do? The banquet table for the prodigal wasn't like, oh, let's just break out a couple pieces of fish and bread. He killed the fatted calf, had a huge banquet. Oh, let's overdo this. When he was at the wedding, he filled all the jars completely full with new wine. The fishing nets. How many times did we read about the disciples out fishing? And Jesus said, why don't you cast it on the other side? They pulled out. The, the net was so full they couldn't even lift the, the fish back into their boat. Those who wanted healing, they got it completely. Those who needed instruction, got it. All who want salvation, get it. Jesus was very generous in how he taught, how he healed, how he performed miracles. It was always generous. We would look at a lot of passages and say, he definitely is generous. But then sometimes we look at disciples and say, they were sort of stingy, right? Turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 19. We can be that way sometimes as God's disciples, as his followers. We, we miss his generosity and we get our eyes focused on ourselves. Matthew chapter 19. We're going to start in verse 27. Jesus had been speaking to a rich young man and there's a conversation that goes on and then he sort of finishes his conversation with the rich young man and Peter says, hey, hey, I've got a question. Verse 27, Peter said, We've given up everything to follow you. What do we get? You know, when you first read that, what comes to your mind? It's sort of like that entitlement attitude, like, hey, what do I get out of this? I'm following Jesus, right? So I should have blessings, right? Something good should be happening. Look at verse 28. Jesus replied, I assure you that when the world is made new and the Son of Man sits upon his glorious throne, you've been my followers who will also sit on the 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or a father or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. What? Would he say that again? Everyone who's given up the houses, brothers, sisters, fathers, mother, children, property will receive a hundred times as much in return and eternal life. Hey, Peter, you want to know what you get for following me? A hundred times more than you've ever had and eternal life. When you give it up for me, I give back. I'm a generous God. Max Lucado said this in his book, God dispenses his goodness, not with an eyedropper, but a fire hydrant. Your heart is like a Dixie cup and his grace is like the Mediterranean Sea. I love how he put that. See, we can't simply contain the generosity of God's grace to us. God's Holy Spirit, who walks with us, who empowers us, is with that same spirit of generosity and grace that is within us. 
God's Holy Spirit changes our hearts from selfishness to love. So we can act in the same way that Jesus acted. We can reflect in our generosity. When we're kind to people, when we are so generous to people, guess what they get to see? Not us, but they see God's Spirit at work within us. Not that so we get a pat on the back, but for why? So we can give God the glory because it's His Spirit within us empowering us to do these things. You know, and I, I said a few weeks ago, so what's the practical side of God's Spirit walking with us and empowering us? As we said in, in John chapter 14, when he said, I'll give you another counselor, another parakaletus, okay? Who's, who's going to come beside me and counsel me and strengthen me? Here's what the Holy Spirit does with us. First of all, helps us to be kind to one another. Now, I'm going to need the children in here to help me out. So children, youth, I want you to think about simple ways to show kindness. How can you be kind to somebody? Because I don't need your help. So start thinking about them, okay? Not yet. Hold on to them, okay? Just think, how can we be kind to others? Okay, because every now and then, the adults, we need help. You know, we sort of get in a rut of doing the same thing over and over. Give us some new stuff, okay? First of all, let's look at what God's Word has to say. 1 Peter 4.9. 1 Peter 4.9 says this. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Carefully, cheerfully, I'm sorry, cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Colossians 3.12 says this. Since God chose you to be holy, the people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Paul says, clothe yourselves with these things. Has anybody ever, and don't raise your hand on this, okay? But has anybody ever, like, when you were growing up, your mom or dad said, that's, you're not dressed right for this occasion. Go back in and change. I see some kids looking at their mom and dad and I go, yeah. This morning I wanted to wear my, my pajamas because it felt so good to I remember there's times I'd go to church and mom and dad were like, no, 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 no. You're not wearing jeans to church. No, not even on Sunday night. Okay, that didn't happen. That was wrong dress attire. And a lot of times we look at different, different papers. You know, we get a, an invitation and we look at the paper and it says, dress attire, business casual, dress attire, suit and tie, dress attire, you know, whatever it is. And it's like Paul says, we've got to dress attire, okay? I just want to make sure you're all clothed and looking properly. You don't want you to be embarrassed when you show up, okay? And what does he say to clothe yourselves with? Kindness, gentleness, humility, patience. Kindness, it's not too hard. It's just simple acts of treating people the way you want to be treated. Today, we hear it all the time. We hear people say it's like, you know, he smiled at me. That was so kind. It was just a smile. That was so kind. A lot of people don't smile today. He held the door. He let me go in front of him in the line. That was so kind of you. Thank you. No problem. It's a simple act of kindness, right? But sometimes we live in a world where we get so caught up in things, we forget to be kind. God's Holy Spirit walks with us. His generosity, His grace is within us to help us to be generous in how we're kind to each other. All right, kids, help me out. Raise your hand. How can we be kind to each other? Say it again. A compliment. Good. How do you be nice to them? Help them. Good. Give them a what? A smile. Simple. Share. Very good. Say it again. A note. 
very good. Anybody else? Simple ways of being kind. Kids got it, right? Now, parents, if I would ask you how to be kind, you'd all have answers, right? Hands down, okay? Question is, are we doing those? Are we putting them into action? Are we valuing others more than ourselves? Are we giving? Remember, uh, I think it was last week where I said, give more than you take, right? Oh, I got the wrong shirt size. Uh, what do I do with it? Give it away. Give it to somebody that will fit, right? Oh, that better spot in the car. I've got really long legs. you got really short legs, you know. Who needs that spot in the front? Well, that's so nice when that person with the short legs says, oh, have a front seat. Thank you. That was so kind. Give more than you take. The better half of the donut, the cream-filled long john, the end that you know has no cream in it, go ahead and take it. Give the cream-filled to that other person, Okay. It's kindness. Some of you are like, oh, no, we stop there. We're done. Close the Bible. Okay. When God's Spirit enters our lives and comes alongside us, His love is working in us, through us, to show kindness to others. So kindness, really simple. So this coming week, as we are heading off to maybe different places for the holidays, I'm telling you, it's going to start ramping up real quick. People dodging for those parking spots right up close you know, and cutting you off in traffic or somebody showing up and they're not happy about what you brought to the family reunion because it wasn't as good as so-and-so. Okay, you're going to have those moments when you're just going to back off and show kindness. And you say, all right, God, your spirit's in me, right? So I can do this. Yes. You'll have the proper dress attire because you're clothed with his spirit of kindness. Here's another one. How about forgiving one another? God's spirit allows us to forgive one another. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18. You're just back a couple chapters from where we were before. Matthew chapter 18, verse 25. Starting in verse 25. 18:25. Actually, we'll back up. Verse 21. Peter came to Jesus and asked him, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Oh, it's a lot, right? Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared, can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors who was brought in owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay his master, ordered that, I'm sorry, he couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, children, and everything owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me. I'll pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him. He released him and forgave his debt. So the man left the king. He went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. Nothing compared to the million that he owed his king. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me. I'll pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested, put in prison, until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that happened. And the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from the heart. Jesus answered Peter's question and said, 
How many times do we forgive somebody? 70 times 7. In other words, you just keep on forgiving them. That's sort of tough, Jesus. Yeah, let me tell you a story. And he tells the story. And you think about this in verse 32, and the king said, I forgave you tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. I, I forgave you. Shouldn't you have the same mercy upon your servant that I had on you? Yes. Jesus was saying, listen, listen. It's like this. God forgives us tremendously, and he gives us his spirit. So guess what? I can now forgive those with me. I can't do that on my own. It's so hard. But when God's Spirit walks with me, forgiveness comes a little bit easier. Because God's Spirit walks with us, we're able to do that. We can forgive others. Just as God, through Jesus Christ, has forgiven us. Ephesians 4.32, the first part is what? Be kind to one another. Oh, proper dress attire, right? Kindness. Tenderhearted. What's the next part? Forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us. Colossians 3.12, we, you know, we talked where Paul said to clothe yourself. Colossians 3.13 goes on to say this. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Mm. Sometimes that's hard at the holidays. Some of you have the Norman Rockwell picture. Some of you are like, who's Norman Rockwell? Great paintings, pictures, whatever, okay. But you have that, that beautiful picture scene of we have an awesome family. We walk in and food's already cooked. There's like angels singing in the background and everything smells wonderful. We sit around the table. We, we share beautiful stories. We're so kind to each other. We get up from the table. We fight over who's going to clean up the table. I mean, we're just that kind to each other. And then we sit around and we just have joyous thoughts and then we, we go home feeling good, right? Everybody has those kind of family reunions, right? Yes? Probably not. You, you guys? I don't know. <laughs> With a sarcastic smile. It's not always like that. Sometimes it gets a little rough. There's a little few things that happen. Some people actually don't even show up to family reunions because they're mad at you. There's a little forgiveness that needs to happen, but it's not happening. You know, I love the Hallmark movies. They always have happy endings, right? If life could just be a Hallmark movie, we'd all be good, right? Let me read Colossians 3, 12 to 13 from the message. So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe that God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline, be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense, forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Let's keep in mind that there are probably all kinds of relational issues going on in your life right now, right? And so when we say, well, how do I deal with some of the issues going on in my life? There's probably just as many answers to give as there are issues. It's like if you're physically dealing with something, what do we say? Well, here's, here's the basics for staying healthy. Drink water, get your sleep, eat less, be more active. Those are basic good health things, right? 
So what would we say spiritually when there's so much going on? Probably there'd be some basic spiritual things we could do as well in saying, be kind to one another, forgive one another. You know, I, I've you know, looked at some practical things too and say, okay, what can I do? I'd say this, start off with this, forget about it if you can, okay? But sometimes, you know, it's like, well, I just need to forget about it. Yeah, let's just forget about it, okay? Because you can just forget about it. We hold on to things we shouldn't be holding on to. We're keeping records of wrongs we should not be doing. Forget about it. Stop bringing it up. Some of us are scab pickers, okay? I know it's sort of gross, but all of you as little kids did that. You have a scab and you pick at it, and then it bleeds more. And then it scabs up, and then you pick at it. And you, and it's, you know, it's never going to heal because you keep picking at it. So either put a Band-Aid on it or roll your sleeve down, but leave it alone so it can heal. Forget about it. We do the same thing emotionally and relationally with people. We keep picking a scab and getting under it. It's like, not, it's not going to heal if you keep bringing it up. Forget about it, right? But it's so hard because we hold on to it. And when we can't forget about it, what do we need to do? We need to forgive. We need to forgive. And that's hard because we want people to change. But remember this, God does the changing, okay? Let God change people. You can do everything right in a relationship, and yet all things will still go wrong. Changing people is God's job, okay? Changing diapers is our job, okay? I have no idea why I just said that, okay? But if you're going to change things, I just thought Macy would get a kick out of it. Did you get a kick out of that? See, you're giggling. Okay, good. That worked. Seriously, God's job is to change people. Not hard, but we always get so caught up in it. We've got to change these people. We've got to change these people. God is generous, full of grace. His spirit walks alongside us so that we can live in harmony with each other. Romans 12, 16 says this. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Are other people always going to feel that way with us? Probably not. Probably not. But as Christians, as believers in Jesus Christ, God, who is a generous God, comes and he gives us his spirit who walks alongside us so that we can be generous as well. And we can generously give kindness to others. We can generously forgive others. Let me read one more scripture for you. May God who gives this patience and encouragement help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for the followers of Jesus Christ. Paul's writing this in the book of Romans, chapter 15. He goes on to say this in verse 6. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you, so that God will be given glory. I pray that God, listen, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then, you'll overflow with confident hope through what? The power of the Holy Spirit. We can be generous in how we live and love others because God's with us. And the driving force, the driving force behind why we give is the truth that God gives to us and loves us so much that we're compelled to do the same. That's why we give. We don't give because it makes us feel better. We don't give so we get something in return. We don't give so we're put at a higher status. Oh, I'm at the silver level because I gave so much more. That's not why we give. We give because God first gave to us, a generous God. 
You know, I sit there and think, why do, and, and to pick on this certain restaurant, okay? But why do people like Chick-fil-A so much? I mean, it's a good chicken sandwich, okay? And a lot of people, oh, I like it. You know, you know why I like, think, you know why I think a lot of people like Chick-fil-A? It's because the people are so incredibly kind there. They'll never say the, these two words, no problem. What would they say? My pleasure. My pleasure. And they will treat you with kindness. When you walk in there, it's like, it just feels good. It feels good to be treated that way, to be treated with incredible value. And when we treat people with incredible value, guess what? We're treating people as Jesus treated people. When you put others first, that's what he did. When you're kind, when you are forgiving, when we're doing unto others as Christ has done unto us, I mean, we're, it's, we're doing what he's doing. I heard one pastor say the golden rule, do unto others as uh, people do unto you, or as, that's right, do unto others as you want people to do unto you. He goes, that's not the golden rule, because that's a platinum rule. Ask yourself, in light of how God has responded to me, how should I respond to me? When people look at you, I hope they are seeing God at work. I know this church, I know you all, love you all, appreciate you all. And I love it when you are being kind and generous and forgiving because God's working in you. And I see God in you. And that's an amazing thing. I want to encourage you over this next week into the holidays, when it might be a little tough to be kind or forgiving at times, remember, God's Spirit walks alongside you so that you can represent our Savior, our Lord, our God. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for being an awesome and mighty God in our lives, for giving us your spirit to help us, Lord, be kind when we can't be kind and to be forgiving when it's so hard to be forgiving. But God, because you are such a generous God and you give us your love, you give us forgiveness. When Asaph wrote in Psalms, Remember when we look back and say, wow, God is good. So God, we can look into your word and see all these moments like, wow, God is such a generous God. And then we're reminded that your spirit dwells within us. You're right alongside us so that we too can be generous, giving, loving, showing kindness, forgiving others. God, thank you for coming with us. Lord, when we get into moments where it's hard to be forgiving or kind, help us to call it to you. And when we have those opportunities to show kindness and forgiveness, Lord, help us remember to give you all the glory. Because that's who deserves it. We love you, Lord. We're going to sing to you, God, because we love you. In precious name we pray, amen. Would you please stand as we sing?